Well, today we do continue in our series, Keep the Faith. We began last week, we began the new year with that theme, Keep the Faith, because let's face it, we all face difficulty and struggles and hardship in life. And sometimes, if we're honest, it's hard to keep the faith. And so this series is all about teaching us to do that. Last week, we discussed the idea that faith is not a feeling, it's a choice to trust God's character rather than your condition. And I hope that was helpful to you. But today, we are going to deal with the idea of when you can't find a way. Maybe what brought you into worship today is a dead end. You don't think there's any way out of where you are. You can't find a way out. There is no way out. There is no way under it, through it, around it, whatever. And you think, God, you got to help me. Well, if that's the case, this message is for you. You came the right Sunday. You came the right place. Amen? So before I dive into this, I'd like for us to pray together. Let's pray. Eternal God, we do thank you for the gift of the music and the service, the gift of your word that sustains us and strengthens us. And Lord, I thank you for the gift of preaching your word to these, my friends, in your service. Lord, a task I always need your strength in order to do. So Lord, please speak to me and through me in such a way that all of us receive a word from you that will make a difference to our lives. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, if B.B. King had written a book of the Bible, it would be Lamentations. It's filled with the blues. It contains five poems of cries and heartache and pain. It truly is the blues. But unlike most blues songs that cries out about some lost lover or bad luck, that's not the kind of cry that Lamentation is filled with. Instead, Lamentations is filled with the expression about the heartbreaking aftermath of when Jerusalem was destroyed by evil Babylon. You don't read Lamentations as much as you feel Lamentations. Jeremiah wrote Lamentations, and his pain and his heartache is tangible as you read it. Everything he knew was destroyed. Everything he loved was wiped out. Everything he was familiar with was completely gone. And he expresses it. Take a look at this verse, verse 19 and 20. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Ever felt like Jeremiah? Maybe you feel that way today. Ever felt so much heartache and pain it was almost unbearable? Ever felt homesick and alone so much in your life that you you crave love and attention in some way? Ever felt so lost in your life that the grief that you could hardly bear in your life, ever lost someone so special or something so special that you felt like you just had to cry out? Maybe that's where you are today. You see, folks, contrary to what many Christians portray as the Bible, the Bible is not some kind of sterile book that's not aware or is unattached or is not connected to pain and suffering of life. The Bible is filled with characters who were filled with pain and heartache and distress and persecution and pain, and Jeremiah was no different. Yet, Jeremiah... In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his difficulty, would dare to say these words in verse 21 of Lamentations 3. Yet I still dare 
to hope. Powerful words in Scripture. Yet, I still dare to hope. You see, Jeremiah was down, but he wasn't out. He had the audacity to hope in the midst of his pain. To hope in the midst of his distress. To hope in the midst of his situation that he thought he could never get out of. So what made the difference? What caused Jeremiah to have such courage to hope in the midst of his pain? Well, he remembered something very crucial. Take a look at these words. In verses 21 through 23, he would say this, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. How could Jeremiah dare to hope? Because he remembered God's faithfulness. He remembered the past when God was with him. He remembered when God, His love never failed. He remembered God's faithfulness in His past and His life. And that's why he was able to dare to hope. And this is how he would say it in verse 24. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. But maybe for you that's not enough today. And you're thinking to yourself, well, Charlie, that sounds wonderful and holy. Yeah, I think all of us would agree that the Lord is there to help us. That we can trust God. That God does want to be faithful to us. And it's easy to trust God. It's, it's easy to trust God and read about trusting God. It's easy to trust and understand Jeremiah and his trust of God. And it's easy to trust God when things are going well. But Charlie, when it's hard like it is right now in my life, it is very difficult to trust. Especially when things are unfamiliar. When the pain is foreign. When the pain is very different. How do you trust God in the midst of that? When you have no frame of reference. When God was able to be faithful to you in that kind of trouble. When you have no memory bank of that. Well, that's how Jeremiah felt. Jeremiah was in the midst of a very different kind of pain that he had never faced before. He had never experienced such bloodshed. He had never experienced such loss. He had never experienced such difficulty. And maybe that's where you are today. Perhaps you're faced with unfamiliar pain and difficulty in your life and you don't see a way through. And maybe you're thinking, Charlie, it's easy for me to trust God when I'm in in familiar pain and trouble because I I know that place and I know how God rescued me. But now I'm in the midst of a situation where it's no man's land for me. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you don't know how to grieve. You've never been in that place before. Maybe you've lost a job and you've never lost a job. Maybe life has pushed you into a very strange situation, some kind of change that you've never experienced. And you're wondering, you're hoping, how in the world do I find trust in the Lord in the midst of this foreign time in my life, in the midst of this trouble that is so strange and different? How can you find the trust of Jeremiah? Well, he shares it with us. He continues. Jeremiah shares with us how he was able to find that kind of hope in a very foreign situation. And this is what he would say. Take a look. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. 
You see, after Jeremiah dares to hope, and after he waxes poetic about God's mercy, he gets down to the brass tacks of how trust in God works. How hope works. And he simply says, the Lord helps those who ask him for help. Those who search for him. The word search in that passage literally means crave. So Jeremiah is simply saying, the Lord helps those who ask for help. Now that sounds really simple, doesn't it? It sounds painfully simple, doesn't it? But let me tell you something about God. Our God is wonderful. Our God is powerful. Our God is amazing. But one thing I've learned about God is God does not barge into our lives. That's not the kind of God we have. Our God is not pushy. Now, God's Spirit will nudge us from time to time, but God is not going to force anything on us in our lives. And so, that's why Jeremiah says, the Lord is good to those who depend on Him. In other words, the humble get the help. Amen? Can you say that? The humble get the help. I don't know who said that, but that's true. Now, don't let that mess up your theology. It doesn't mean God's not going to help you unless you grovel and get on your knees and act like you can't stand yourself. Nor does it mean that when you see somebody suffering, it means they're not humble enough. It simply means this, church, that God will not show up in your life uninvited. He will not do that. In order for God to show up in your life, you must be willing to invite Him in, to make room for Him, to let go of control and depend on Him. And when was the last time you truly made room for God to do that in your life? To truly ask Him for help. This is why Jeremiah would say when he would ask for the help in verse 26, so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Because Jeremiah depended on God and boldly asked God for help, he was able, and I love these words, he was able to wait quietly and confidently for the help of God. And he would do that. So you need help from God today? Have you come to worship to get help from God today? Ask God for help and you can wait quietly and confidently for Him knowing He's going to show up. Help is on the way. In the meantime, and this is important, and this is what I've learned in my life, in the meantime, don't try to guess what God is going to do. Simply trust God and stick close to Him. Don't try to look at the big picture. Just go one step at a time. And one of the things I've learned as we go step by step by step with God daily in our lives, after we take a few steps, the answer will begin to appear. You don't have to understand to know that God has a plan. Can you say that with me? You don't have to understand to know that God has a plan. Are you out there? I can hear you snoring. You don't have to understand to know that God has a plan. That's why in Proverbs it says this. And maybe for some of you this is one of your favorite verses. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. And I'll tell you, that's one of the most misunderstood verses in Scripture. In all your ways acknowledge him. Most of us think when we read that, and many of us have that on our wall, 
You know, we have some sign of that around our house. Most of us think it means this, that if we just say, God, I acknowledge you and I trust in you, the Lord's way will be made clear to us. We'll know immediately exactly the path God wants us to take. That is not what it means. Because let's be honest, God's path is not always the path that we would take. Amen? God's way is not not always the way that we would take. Acknowledging God in all our ways means being prepared to go where God wants us to go. And now I'm preaching because let's be honest, there are times in our life when God shows some kind of way and we don't want to go there. We don't want to go near there. In fact, we might, we might want to run away from it and God wants us to run to it. So acknowledging God means being prepared to go where God wants us to go. Even when we don't see a way. God will make a way. Even if we don't see that path, we know that God will make a path. We know Moses experienced that. You know the story of Moses? There, his people were set free from slavery for over 400 years. And there, the people of Israel, the children of Israel, they went off with Moses. And what was the first obstacle they faced? The Red Sea. And there were mountain ranges on both sides. And there was the Red Sea, and they thought it was a dead end. And in hot pursuit behind them was the Egyptian army. And there was Pharaoh, who changed his mind about letting them go. And the people of Israel thought they had met a dead end, but not God. God saw a way they didn't see. God saw a path they didn't see. And that's why the people of Israel would say much later in Psalm 77, your road led by a pathway through the sea, a pathway no one knew was there. If you're at a dead end today and you don't see a path, I promise you this, God does see a path. And if you'll keep trusting him, he'll show you the way. So today's message is simple. Even when you don't see a way, God will make a way. Amen? Even when you don't see a way, whatever it may be in your life. And I know in the sanctuary today there are different situations where you feel like there's no way out. You feel stuck. You feel trapped. Well, believe me when I say, even when you don't see a way, God will make a way. The testimony of Scripture tells us, reflects that over and over again. I can tell you, it has been true in my life. Because when I have been faced with situations in my life, when I felt I have been trapped or stuck and there's no way out, it comes down to a simple question for me. Well, I trust God to find a way, even when I don't see a way. And if I can truly do that, faithfully, my gosh, God is faithful And at the other side of it, it is amazing to me. And I see where I am, and I say to myself, it had to be God. This was not on my radar. There is no way I could have figured this out. There is no way I could be where I am today without God Almighty. When I didn't see a way, God made a way. And that is the truth of Scripture. 
But we have to trust God with that. Now, some of you may have heard of Blondin. He was a 19th century acrobat, famous for his tightrope walks, 160 feet above Niagara Falls. Can you imagine that? With a rope that was about 1,000 feet long. Well, in 1860, a royal party from Britain came to watch this Blondin do his thing. They had heard about him. And they were mesmerized as he walked that tightrope, first in stilts. Can you imagine that? And then he did it blindfolded. And then, get this, he walked halfway there across and cooked an omelet and ate it. And then he took a wheelbarrow and went from one side to the other with a sack of potatoes in it. And after he did that, he approached the, the, the royal party there and looked at the Duke of Newcastle and said, Do you believe that I could put a man in this wheelbarrow and walk him across? And he said, Yeah, yeah. Blondin then said, Well, then hop in. <laughs> you see, he believed that Blondin could do it. But he wasn't about to trust him with his life. And that gets down to the truth, folks. If we want to move from the chasm between where we are and where God wants us to be, we have to trust God with our lives. You see, this is not some kind of motivational speech today. This is not some kind of power of positive thinking today. This is true and real faith and a true and real God who wants us to put our lives in his hands. Even when you don't see a way, God will make a way. And throughout my life, I can give testimony that has been true in my life over and over again. When I have been suffering, when I have been in pain, God has found a way when I trust him to redeem that suffering. And I tell you, two people who understand this well are Holly and Xander Smith. Now, in the next service, some of you may know, we're going to have the Lakeland High School Dreadnought football team in our worship service. We have invited them. And I think you know that they are the 2023 state champions and the 2022 state champions. Amen? Go Knots! But Xander Smith is a starting QB. And Holly is Xander's mother. And three years ago, they were devastated when they lost Bud. Xander's father and Holly's husband. Bud was their rock. Bud was a hero to Xander. Taught Xander everything he knew about football. Coached him. Trained him. Helped him. Gave him the nickname Xander the Commander. Because he knew that one day his son would be a champion. He would get his shot. Well... When Xander was 15, his father passed away, and devastation hit Xander. He didn't know where to turn. He didn't know what to do. Yet, like Jeremiah, Xander, he dared to hope. Even in the midst of the doubt, even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the disappointment, he said to himself, I'm going to promise myself I'm going to win a state championship for my father. I don't know how I'm going to do it at 15. I don't know how I'm going to find a way, but I know God's going to make a way. Well, God did make a way through a move 
to, of all places, Lakeland, Florida, to play for the Dreadnoughts. And as Xander would say it, and so three years later, after 37 games, throwing 767 passes, gaining 7,000 yards and scoring 82 touchdowns, he fulfilled that promise to his dad by winning the 2023 state championship and bringing such pride to Lakeland, Florida. And Xander would say, whether I knew it or not, or felt it or not, I know my father was there for every game. You see, even when Xander couldn't see a way, God found a way, not just to win a championship, but to find community and support and family. And where does Xander learn such hope and such faith? From his mother, Holly. She gave him the example of what it means to dare to hope. And this is what she would say on Facebook after they won. Without Bud here, I have been forced to figure out how to keep the dream alive. I know that many of you have wondered, what in the world is she thinking? What in the world are they doing? But as God has closed some doors and opened others, we have walked through them one day at a time. I have often said that God doesn't give us a floodlight to eliminate the next five years. He promises that his word will be a light unto our feet to shine bright enough for the next few steps. In this journey, God has shown himself to be faithful, not because Z won a state championship, but because God has never left us. You know what dreadnought means? You know what dreadnought is? Dreadnought is the the largest ship in the British Navy. And it means fear nothing. Dread not. And indeed, the Smiths lived that out. Because even when they didn't see a way, God made a way. Are you in the dark today? You feel trapped? I believe this. God answers prayer. I believe that with all my heart. And God's love never fails. I believe that with all my heart. Simply give your life to Him. Trust Him. And He'll find a way. Even if you don't see it. And this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Eternal God, I pray for everyone here. I don't know all of their pain and disappointments, and I don't pretend to know the depth of it. But I do know you're a faithful God. And you have not left us alone. And you're still working in our lives and you're still performing miracles and you're still ever faithful. So I pray boldly that you would work into the lives of those who suffer today. That you would give them a fresh sense of your presence and that you would show them the way, even if they don't see it. Even if it seems ridiculous. Even if it's unimaginable. Lord, you see it. And lead them to it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. We hope it's been a time of inspiration and and help for you. Receive this benediction. And now may that mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you also. May the love of God, our Heavenly Father, abide with you this day and throughout this week. May the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit fall fresh upon you. And the faith and fellowship of all true disciples of Jesus Christ go with you and sustain you, both now and forevermore. Amen.